Hey, George. What's up? We got over 100 downloads on this week's episode. That's quite a lot. Yeah, I think it might be because I plugged it on a... See, I made a YouTube video. And uh-huh. the video ended up having about a minute and 15 seconds worth of usable footage. <laughs> okay. So... I recorded two more minutes plugging the podcast, and it rounded out at around three minutes. So it was more and, of a promo for the show than anything else? Yeah, I mean, like, there was good info in there about Halloween, <laughs> but, like, you know, I had to use what I was given, and I was given the ability to plug a podcast, and I think that's where a lot of our listeners came from. Well, so if you're new from my YouTube channel, thanks for watching and listening. And if you've been here, thanks for being here again. <laughs> thanks for the return. So this is episode 34 of Fear Frequency, which is like, damn, dude, we're on episode 34. That's yeah. one more than 33. Yeah, it's weird. doesn't feel like we've been doing that many, but here we are, 34 yeah, you episodes know, you'd in. Yeah, I think we'd be lower on the list after skipping so many weeks, but <laughs> <laughs> we're on 34, which is cool, so... How's your week going? Uh, it's going all right. I mean, it's still only Monday, but, you know. How was your weekend then, nitpicker? Uh, we- <laughs> uh, weekend was all right. Went out for a bit of a I heard you run. hung out with my brother. Yeah, he's quite the character, that one. Uh, we went out on Saturday night, went on a bit of a bender, bar hopped to uh, a couple of the local establishments. I heard he graduated college finally. Yeah, that's what he tells me, so fingers crossed. You never know with that guy. You never know. <laughs> so, my weekend was pretty good. On Friday, I played the new PUBG uh, map, and I, I bought the pass, the battle pass, uh-huh. and it's broken, but in a really good way. It gave me all the hardest challenges for free, Okay. so that was cool. I didn't have to play like 60 hours on Miramar, because I hate nice. it. And uh, that's pretty cool. I got a purple bomber jacket, which is kind of fun. And then Saturday, I beat Dishonored 2 in one sitting. <laughs> it took me 11 hours. Yeah, I just bought that because it was on uh, part of the Steam sale, so I'll have to crack it. Did you get anything else point. in the Steam sale? It's the Steam Summer sale. What'd you get? Uh, so far, I've got uh, Dishonored 2, Mad Max, and Darkest Dungeon. Okay, so I got Ori and the Blind Forest Definitive Edition because I played the sequel to it at E3, and I thought that was like such a cool game. So I bought the original one because I heard it was really good. Uh, I bought Subnautica, and what else did I buy? The PUBG Pass, but that doesn't really count. Um, I'm looking at some other stuff. but Oh, I want to get the standalone DLC for Dishonored. I know there was Because one. I heard... Yeah, raps, you play as a... The you play as the girl that Rosario Dawson voice acts, the okay. girl with one arm, and it's really cool. There's no chaos system because she doesn't have the outsider's powers. She's like going to kill the outsider. Uh-huh. She's working with Dodd from the first game. So since there's no chaos because you don't have the like powers, you can kill people. And she has huh. all new powers and everything. I heard it's like seven hours long, but it looks really cool. Might have to pick that one up too. Yeah, there's some good PC games. I was looking at Assassin's Creed Origins on PC because I was like, maybe the secret to like wanting to play that game is being able to watch movies while I play it. Yeah, but then like I realized, on laptop. yeah, I just don't like the combat. I think that like the problem is playing it isn't very fun to me. Yeah, so it's like never gonna be good. 
yeah, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of that game. I'm pretty much done with the Assassin's Creed series at this point. Yeah, I re-downloaded The Witcher 3. I'm back into that. I want to play the expansion, so I'm like powering through the story. So I, this is a really cool thing, right? So whereas in Assassin's Creed, the level gating is terrible because like side quests aren't gated really, so you can just do everything and you can get distracted. And then by the time you're done with all the side content, you don't know what's going on in the story and you never want to go back, right? Yeah. But in The Witcher, I realized that the only, like, they they push you to progress in the story by only giving you usable XP on quests that are higher level than you are, or the same level. So, like, if, you, if you're level 25 and you do a level 24 quest, it'll give you, like, 10 XP. But if you do a level 25 quest, you'll get, like, three or 400 XP. So, it's like, you can do everything, but it's not economical in any way to do everything. Right. So, you could just pick a little handful of quests in each area and power through the story. So that's what I'm doing right now. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I beat that game. I didn't beat it when it came out. I had to go back and revisit it and start from scratch. Yeah. But uh, I did want to go back and do the DLCs because I heard those were really good, yeah, yeah. but I haven't gotten around to that yet. One of the DLCs came out, came out around Halloween, and I heard it's pretty scary. It seems pretty cool. It's like the bad guy's a dude who can't die, so... I want yeah, to is that play the that. Blood and Wine, the like Blood and Wine's one? the bigger one. It's the Hearts of Stone is the okay. smaller one. Okay. So that looks cool, and Subnautica just looks like a really cool survival horror game underwater. Yeah, that's uh pretty popular on Twitch. I see a lot of people playing that game. Yeah, so if you're a listener, uh, someone who bought some stuff from the Steam sale. Let us know what you bought on Twitter. I'm at Jimmy Champagne and George is at George Frizzard. We both check the Fear Frequency Twitter, but we don't really use it. So let us know what you bought in Steam Summer Sale because we want to hear. We want to talk about what you're playing. But, dude, do you hear that scream off in the distance? <laughs> I hear it. It's like the last sound ever uttered on film by Donald Pleasance. Oh, shit, you're right. That means there's a Halloween alert, which I almost forgot to put that scream in last week, which would have been hilarious, because <laughs> it would just would have been like, what What are these psychos talking about? But anyways, we got a couple small Halloween things. Uh, the first one is that just announced today, there's going to be a 40th anniversary event in Pasadena on October 12th, 13th, and 14th at the Pasadena Convention Center. Now, you're like, why is it in Pasadena? Well, because that movie was shot in Pasadena. And the Halloween 40th anniversary logo was designed by Fright Rags, and it looks pretty cool. Yeah, it's uh, sort of, it's like kind of a play on what they did in a, I think the Halloween 4 cover has the 4 in there too, like in the title. Oh, that makes sense. I'm not entirely sure, I'm not 100% positive, but I think that's part of the the Curse of Michael Myers thing, but it looks looks good. This looks really good. Yeah. Uh... No announcements really on what's going to go on at this, but I already emailed them and asked for a press ticket, so I will be there for sure. It looks awesome. And then uh, Rue Morgue, in their July-August issue, they have like a four or five page spread about the new Halloween, and I read, I bought it online for like four bucks. It's so worth it. They had some really cool on-set interviews, but the reason it's worth it is because there's pictures from the movie that are not in the trailer, and one is like a guy's smashed on a table and his jaws all fucked up and then another one is a guy with like i think a knife in his head and it looked really cool so basically some summary here i did a video on this 
Uh, David Gordon Green talks about his inspirations being Suspiria and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And Danny McBride talks about why they cut the rest of the series. It's pretty cool. It's worth it's worth a read. Sounds interesting. That's, I'll have to check that out and buy a copy of it myself. Yeah, some, some idiot uploaded screenshots of all the articles to Twitter. <laughs> and he got called out by uh, Ryan Turek, which is pretty funny. Because it's oh, like... Man dog the magazine isn't even out yet you have to buy it online like right <laughs> you're gonna fuck it that hard with your twelve thousand follower halloween <laughs> account like come on so that was pretty funny but uh just a small halloween update this week nothing crazy so first thing on the news list is that george really tempted me with this one he did the news list this week it's uh fetty alvarez was talking about doing a new evil dead because he said if uh what was it uruguay yeah, he said if Uruguay won the World Cup, then he would direct Evil Dead 2. Yeah, that was a joke. But EW asked him, because he's doing the sequel to the David Fincher movie, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. So he was doing an interview with EW, and he said that uh, he wants to do a sequel to Evil Dead. And once he has the story, and he and Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell all agree what it is, it'll probably happen. So it's not off the table. And he basically said that because it's his first movie, he'll always love it and he'll always want to return to it someday. But right now he's working on other stuff. But it's cool to know that he is thinking about it. Yeah, it's awesome to hear that it's not something that's completely been forgotten. And uh, the gist of like the interview was that they don't really want to go back to the series unless there's a reason to revisit it. So... Hopefully that means when the story comes by, when there's some kind of uh, more concrete idea of what the sequel would be, that it'll be something that's actually like a really good idea so that it's something that'll be worth revisiting. Right. So I don't don't know. I feel like it's worth revisiting now that the story is left open and you can just get Jane Levy back, you know, like. Yeah, I don't think there's any question that she would come back. Come on. Come on, (laughs) Betty. Please. On a side note, uh. That Girl with the Dragon Tattoo sequel does look pretty good. I saw the trailer for that before. Yeah, I know people were, something. like, shitting on it because David Fincher's not coming back to direct it. But, like, I don't know. Fetty Alvarez is a great director. I, I actually thought about it today. I was like, man, I want to watch uh, Don't Breathe Again. I feel like that's a great summer horror movie. You know, because it's got that Detroit summer, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like that movie. I don't have much complaint about uh, with Don't Breathe. Yeah. I don't know. I love that movie. I don't think there's anything wrong with it at all except for there's like five endings <laughs> for some reason it's like oh twist ending that's cool oh twist ending that's cool oh twist ending oh that's cool all right a lot of twist endings in that movie a lot of shocking imagery in that one <laughs> so some listeners may have noticed that you know we, we hyped up agony quite a bit and then it came yeah. out and yeah. we never spoke of it <laughs> and that's because it's a real bad game, from what I've heard. Uh, so, more bad news come in the way of Agony, though. <laughs> the company... This isn't funny. I don't know why I'm laughing. The The company that made it, Mad Mind Games, they had to cancel that unrated version that they were going to release in a patch for some reason. They say it's because of legal reasons and financial reasons, because uh, obviously the game didn't sell very well. But regardless, people are pretty pissed. They got review bombed on Steam, which, like, I don't know how much worse the Steam reviews can get uh and basically people want these guys to never work in the game industry again which is kind of dumb like come on don't kick them while they're down their game sold 10 copies you don't gotta make fun of them yeah you don't gotta pile on i mean 
on the one you hand, know, it's it's sort of they're sad. They're a small team. They shouldn't be <laughs> held accountable for things that they said they do in any way. I'm just joking. I don't know. I feel like it's different than Friday the 13th because these guys didn't make any money. You know, it's not like... It's, yeah, not like, it's a completely different situation. Yeah, they didn't sit back, collect a couple million, and then release something bad. They were like, this is our idea. Make it. And then it just didn't turn out great. So, I don't know. Uh, I mean... They're it's still not the fighting first... the fight on uh, the Friday the 13th Twitter with their fans. So. <laughs> They're not like yeah. these guys. These guys are pretty apologetic. Yeah, it sucks to see something that was a pretty ambitious idea and could have been cool. Could have been almost like a darker uh, doom in a way where it's completely in hell and, you know, with crazy visuals. But right. yeah, unfortunately, it just seemed a bit, a bit too ambitious. And didn't really all come together when it needed to. I heard the biggest criticism was that they they like made the levels but forgot to make the game. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I I could kind of see that because the trailers all looked really good. The graphics looked, you know, really polished, yeah. and the visuals all sounded crazy, and the screenshots all, you know, they all looked like very interesting and intricate and it seemed like it took a lot of time to set all this stuff up but um i could see how focusing so much on the visuals could detract from them actually building out a decent story or gameplay yeah so there's that other game scorn which is inspired by hg geiger paintings that looked really cool and that one's actually a shooter it, the mechanics of it didn't look great but like at least it has actual gameplay and it's not a walking sim i also heard a big criticism with agony was that it was too dark like you couldn't see anything huh. you had no idea where you were going because everything looked the same it would be really dark and red and you'd be like okay. Shit, man i don't know where the fuck i'm going <laughs> it's just like someone's off in the distance being like come get y'all juice and then you have to like then you like slide across the floor at a million miles yeah <laughs> move towards their points it didn't seem like a very good game so that sucks hopefully they come out of this financial downturn and get to make something that people like but in better news we happy few finally has a release date this is a weird one because microsoft just bought the studio that is making this game and people were nervous for a second that they were going to be like all right, the <laughs> PS4 version is canceled, yeah. which I, which I kind of get because of how hard PS4 is like dicking them down right now. Like, I would kind of get it if they were like, "All right, the PS4 version is canceled." But fear not, the PS4 version and the Xbox One and PC version of We Happy Few comes out on August 10th. So I actually, I don't know where I got it, but I own this game because it's out. It's been out in early access for like since before I moved to California. Uh huh. I think it was like 20 bucks or something, but it's going to be 60 bucks when it releases. Yeah. So it's like a full game. And I don't know, it looked really cool at E3. Yeah, the visuals are it. are kind of like a cross between uh, Rapture pre-Downfall from Bioshock 1 yeah. and like Cockney England. So that's always yeah, cool. Yeah, dude, it looks like, uh, what the fuck is it? Oh, oh, uh, Clockwork Orange. Yeah, yeah, like the droogs from Clockwork Orange, for sure. I could see that kind of inspiration coming through pretty heavily. But it it was kind of an interesting concept. I remember seeing the initial trailer come out years ago. It must have been an E3. It was right after I graduated college. Yeah, I mean, it was... Yeah, it's been 
couple of years since since I heard anything about it. I didn't know it was even on early access, but Gearbox is publishing it. Really? Yeah. So it comes out August. I just I'm on the Steam page and it says release date July 26th. So the release date of early access was July 26th, 2016. So okay. it's been out for a little while, but they made it unavailable to buy in early access uh, in February, which I kind of get because, like, they, I think it honestly was, like, 20 bucks. So if it's a full $60 game, like, yeah, I, I get why they took it off because it's like you've had two years to pay for this game, you know, like, get the yeah. discount. Right. So I'm excited to play this. I'm, like, really excited to play this. Yeah, I, I, from the trailer I saw, I remember being pretty intrigued by it. Um I mean, it looks like, so it's a full $60 game, and they're doing a season pass with it, so it looks like they already have plans to support it further than, you know, probably about a year after it comes out, so, mm-hmm. it's, you know, combined with the fact that it's uh, just got bought out by Microsoft, it'll probably have a lot of, a lot more money behind it now, so... So, I think what happened was, they released on PC in early access, then it showed up at E3 a couple of years later on the xbox stage and xbox was like this is in game preview which is their version of early access and both of those versions were like a survival game uh-huh. and then they you they were going to use that money that they made on the game preview in the early access sales to like develop the game but then they found gearbox as a publisher got more money and then microsoft bought them and gave them even more money so they basically turned this from a survival game into like a story driven action combat survival game like it looks re- it looks really cool now I'm was excited. there a, a playable demo at E3, or was it just... Yeah, I played it. It was, it was really cool. It was, like, very story-driven. Uh, the voice acting and animations were great. It wasn't glitchy at all. Uh, it was cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking out for this uh, for sure. I mean, August is right around the corner, so this thing will be out before you know it. Yeah, so, yeah, the best part is, I don't know where I got a code for it, but I have one. <laughs> so, that's cool. Uh, so next up, we talked about this a couple months ago, I think. Shudder was talking about bringing back, um, what's his thing called? Terror Vision? Joe Bob Briggs? Terror Vision? Yeah, the drive-in Monster Vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, oh, Monster Vision. That's what it is. They were talking about bringing that back, and it was kind of a rumor. And Joe Bob Briggs was saying like on Twitter, he's like, yo, if you want this to happen, then you got to like tweet that you want it to happen. And then it turned out that Shudder announced they're bringing it back, and they just released a trailer for it. And it looks cool. It looks just like Monster Vision from what I've seen on the Cinemassacre channel. So basically, it's going to be a 24-hour marathon on Shutter Live, and there's going to be 12 movies that are slowly going to be announced. But right now, Tourist Trap, Sleepaway Camp, and Basket Case are the first three announced. So uh, it looks sick. I'm excited. Those are three really good movies. Yeah, I was about to say, that lineup, even if they only showed those three, and they have 13 in total set up, ready to go, I mean, those three are great picks, and Shudder hasn't been slouching lately with getting more uh, selection of kind right, of right. a little bit higher quality uh, horror movies than they than they used to. I th- I feel like they're getting a little bit more money. They're widening they're their doing selection. better than Netflix now. On horror yeah, I mean stuff. seriously, and they have a a really good selection now. So I think this is actually going to be really interesting to just throw on in the background and just I, it's going to be a twenty four hour stream. So I feel like this will be something really interesting. And like Joe Bob says, you better watch it because when it's gone, it's gone. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think <laughs> I think that this will end up on Shutter, right? Like as like I a twenty-four know. hour. Yeah. Or maybe 
I don't Joe also Bob's don't think to it's it. going to be live. I think it's going to be like they just pre-recorded all of his segments and they're just going to play them in the middle, you know? That's possible. It'd be kind of interesting if they did if they tried to if this does well and they try to bring it back in maybe a monthly or a weekly they could do it with uh, Mickey Keating. He's his show The Core is coming is back for season 2 and the first guest on it was Danzig. Okay. Yeah. Which was I mean, sweet. Yeah, it, it doesn't have to be Joe Bob. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people would prefer it be Joe Bob, but I think that's not He's something old. where it has to be one person every week. Just leave him alone. You know, <laughs> that's a lot to put on one guy and to make him do it weekly. Yeah, and he's getting up there. He's an old man now. He can't keep doing this all the time. Yeah, he's got to be a grandpa or something. But it'd be interesting to see people come in and curate like the list of movies and talk about them. Because I think... Yeah, yeah. I mean, They're kind you... of already doing that, right? Like, they have featured yeah. creator curated list. I yeah. think the problem was they started doing that too early before they could get rights to anything like legitimately great. Right. So I know they did one when The Witch came out with Robert Eggers. Uh, they've had Barbara Crampton do one because they ended up having like every reanimator on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been a few, but I feel like now they're in a good spot to revive that effort. Yeah, and I think this, the, from just watching the YouTube comments on the trailer for it, I saw a lot of people saying that this is going to get them to subscribe to Shudder. So, I mean, even yeah, if it's just for the up. one day, I think if they see that this is the kind of stuff they're doing and they're interested in that, they're going to stick around. And if they know that more is coming, they'll keep a subscription. Yeah, I've been paying for Shutter since like 2015, so it'll be good to have something I actually want to watch on it. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's this is good. This is very good. I'm excited. So that's going to happen on July 13th, which is very soon. Same day Octopath Traveler comes out. Oh, so you're skipping this Joe Bob thing. Or, since Octopath's or, on Switch, you can just I'm sitting watch while you play. on the couch and playing Octopath Traveler all night and watching Joe Bob Briggs talk about all these movies. You should just take the day off. Yeah, you know what? That's probably a good call. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's pretty cool. I didn't realize that 4th of July was on a Wednesday and that the first Purge comes out on a Wednesday, technically, then. That's kind of yeah, weird to me. That's sort of weird. You'd think they'd push it back to the weekend. Right. But, I mean, they're sticking on brand with releasing it every 4th of July for some reason, so what do you yeah. do? You know what movie I watched on uh, cable last night? What's that? Unfriended. <laughs> you know what? It was not very good. <laughs> you that. know what? The movie is not good. <laughs> Unfriended. That movie sucks. Sorry if you like it. Uh, they, they act like that's a one-take movie. You can see the cuts. You can see them. It's like a Phil DeFranco video, dog. You can see <laughs> the jump cuts. I like I get what they were going for, but you know what looks like a better version of that? That searching movie with the guy. With from uh, Harold the guy and Harold and Kumar. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were gonna know his name. Uh yeah, uh, Harold. Harold from Harold and Kumar. John Cho. I think you're right. I think that's the right name. Yeah, so that looks really good, searching. It's like his yeah, daughter. It seems interesting. Um it's a double life. Yeah. The I haven't seen the trailer for that a lot. Uh, is that a Blumhouse or is that no Sony? No. So no, no, no. crapshoot. Who knows? <laughs> it looks kind yes. of interesting though. <laughs> but I don't know. I watched the trailer for Unfriended Dark Web again after watching Unfriended, and Dar- Dark Web looks a lot better than Unfriended. Yeah. One. I'm yeah. glad they're removing the supernatural aspect. It looks like like it's going to be a human trafficking story. Which on the one hand, I'm like, 
why don't you give credit where it's due and like make remake the den or something with more than five dollars but then on the other hand i don't really care and they copy the den and just make it but cooler i'm fine with that yeah it's more based around hackers get control of their computers if because they mess around with the dark web which is something that i mean in theory could happen in real life yeah yeah and you know what you know what was cool about the den though once uh spoilers three two one okay so like once she does get kidnapped by the human traffickers the camera perspective switches to her cell like it goes to cctv cameras and you get to see her uh kind of trying to escape i don't i hope they do something like that with this movie because if it's like the gimmick got pretty thin by the end of uh whatever unfriended one i think yeah it'd be interesting to see how they kind of change perspectives if they are able to take characters out of that like computer screen environment and move them in yeah. different areas how they'll interact with that and i want to see some teens get kidnapped yeah that'd be interesting to see cell phone footage from a kid what, get what was dropped the off part a building of the trailer, or something yeah what was the part of the trailer where we laughed out loud it's when the kid gets kicked off the building but what does the thing say got him <laughs> what, what, the computer screen said something hilarious. It's, it's something like, it's like a meme. It says "got him" or something like these uh, nuts when he hits the ground. <laughs> what the fuck was it? Hang on, I don't remember. I gotta look this up. Unfriended, dank wet, <laughs> dank meme. <laughs> this one is a higher resolution than the other one. I'm sorry, but that shot of the girl in the barrel where she, like, looks out, so cringy. <laughs> Alright, so I got to the part with Max Mofo. Okay. Also, I like that, like, this guy is evil because he can make Skype notifications send in a minor key. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think I'm almost here, I'm almost here. Wait, is this not in the trailer? I think I missed it. Oh, they turned that girl's mom off. Oh, okay. I found the part. Found her. All right. Oh, oh, they were like, where is this girl? And then they oh, yeah, a shot that's of her what it was. And then the guy's like, found her. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't think Blumhouse really has high hopes for that movie because they released a trailer for a movie that comes out in July, like, a week ago. Yeah. But I'm going to be there, and I'm going to watch it. Yeah, we'll be there. We'll be watching it. You know what else we said we were going to watch? Truth or Dare. You know what neither of us saw? Truth or Dare. So, I don't know. I feel like we should see this one, though. Okay. I thought Truth or Dare looked like shit from the beginning, though. I thought from the first trailer that movie looked terrible. Should we, like... It's coming out on DVD soon, and they're doing an unrated version. Should we watch that? Oh, boy. I'm sure that's so bad. (laughs) Like, what what could you unrate? (laughs) Oh, man. I don't even know. Maybe, maybe maybe we should do that though. Yeah. This is where if you live closer, we could do like let's get drunk and like yeah. stream our reaction. Yeah, like a drunk stream of it. Too bad. <laughs> so next on the list here, speaking of Blumhouse, big old Jason, Jason Blum himself was talking to Variety and he was asked about Get Out 2 and he said if Jordan wants to do a sequel, I'll do it in a second, but it has to come from Jordan Peele. Uh, I think he's flirting with the idea. So, I don't know. What do you think? I think Get Out 
is self-contained enough to where it doesn't need a sequel. I'd like to see a prequel, like, where the people don't escape. I want to see a super dark, nihilistic, like, the early years. That'd be kind of interesting. Like, even if they took it back to whenever the grandpa figured it out, or even, Mm -hmm. like, pagan times, you know? I want to see that. I don't want to see a sequel to it, because that'll just get too goofy, I think. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that I'm wrestling with is, I think it's a great concept and it was executed well it's such an original idea that i'd almost want to see if jordan peele does come back and do another horror movie i'd like to see him take a like a, a whole new idea and work with yeah. that instead of i mean he's got him. so much going on dude like he's doing the lovecraft country tv show yeah bunch yeah. of other stuff yeah i mean he's a busy guy for sure but i think he put out the poster for his new movie i think you reviewed it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if not, we'll do that in another episode. But I think he reviewed his new poster. Yeah, but I mean, I think he was. I think great. Get out is pretty great, and I, I, like you said, I think if they took a a different look at it, where they kind of pulled it out and showed you how the ritual got started, or maybe showed you how some of the people became involved in the family, how the you know yeah, like the yeah. body they did some body swapping actually successful body swapping i think that could be kind of interesting take on it but i wouldn't want to see like what happens in that world from where that movie ends i'd like to yeah i'm always in i always want a new movie before a sequel you know yeah i i I mean at the same time i have this i have enough faith in jordan peele to where if he thinks he can revisit it and have it be good it it might be okay i just think his talents would be better served making something original I agree. I think he's got enough going on. But Jason yeah, Blum's he's like, a busy guy for sure. Jason, this this like quote can basically translate to, are, you're asking me if I want to make money? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I want to make money, but I don't <laughs> right, want people I mean, to be mad at me, so I want to do it with the right guy. Right, and I think to do it with anybody else would be pretty foolish. Yeah, so... I, I think the only way you could do another Get Out would be if they try to reboot it in like 10 or 15 years. They try to, someone does a remake of it, but I don't think anyone can really touch that until then. Yeah, so, I got another alert for you, though. Our favorite boy, Chucky's coming back. On the the small screen this time. (laughs) Oh, God. And it, the TV show is coming, guys. It's coming. Prepare yourselves. I was going to say, I think we're in the minority and not liking Cult of Chucky, but we're actually not. I remember people tweeting at me that that movie does suck, so... They're doing a TV show, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, with everyone involved. Andy's coming back. Fiona Durf's coming back. Everyone's coming back. Don Mancini's eight... at the helm. Yeah, still still cracking away. <laughs> uh, it's going to be eight parts, and that's it. I don't really care. Oh, my God. So... Do you think it's going to be a continuation of Cult of Chucky? But <laughs> yeah, no, they TV said it form? is. They said it is for sure. Oh like, my God. it's going to pick up right at the end of Cult of Chucky with all those <laughs> characters. <laughs> I just don't like. I honestly don't know how that could be good. I think Cult of Chucky was such a mess that it was. It was such a poorly made mess. It was, so, it was such a like downward turn because Curse was like. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Curse was kind of a return to form 
of the more uh, the earlier kind of scarier ones and yeah. i thought that that one was actually pretty good i liked the um the like pov shots of chucky running around the house and stuff i thought that was right, pretty right. interesting and there's a actually like some good moments of tension and suspense but i mean what they did with this last one was just so bad the whole chucky being able to control multiple dolls effectively yeah. making him invincible and Right, he gets the thing he's been going for the entire franchise, and they don't even make a big deal out of it, so you can miss it if you're not paying attention. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I, I mean, the fact that they couldn't fully execute that movie very well and made the story so convoluted and just not like that interesting to follow, I don't know how stretching that out eight more hours is going to do anything good for that series. Yeah, me neither. And then they go and pass on Tremors with Kevin Bacon. Yeah, and that trailer looked actually really good. I was kind of excited for that show. I'm, I'm kind of upset that that... They're like, that... we don't know if the brand uh, Tremors will bring people back. It's like, I don't know if the brand Chucky or Night Child's Play will bring people <laughs> back. Like, you should go with, like, Candyman. That'd be make a cool sci-fi show. I can think of, like, eight other properties that are better <laughs> served than fucking Child's Play, dude. But yeah. it's because Universal has this property sitting around i'm surprised they don't shop like a halloween show to uh sci-fi that'll probably be coming once the once the movie's out yeah right but right that could be interesting the if they did a out. halloween show that was like an anthology style if they almost did a channel zero yeah. but halloween themed yeah but you know what i suggested this on my youtube channel and that is one of my better performing videos it has like twenty thousand views right now uh-huh. and people go no i don't want an anthology movie if you put the halloween name on it michael myers better be there it's like <laughs> expand your horizons dog get out of here like you're 50 why are you on youtube i know no one our age is out here like banging that drum that halloween only applies to michael myers like dog haven't you learned over the past 40 years that if you expand that story in any way it becomes dumb as fuck john carpenter couldn't even do it right john carpenter himself couldn't even expand on the story right no you want to tell me you want to tell me that halloween only works if michael myers is there why don't you tell that to paul rudd from halloween six and see what he says huh Watch the producer's cut of Halloween 6 and come back We're gonna, to me. You're going to catch my hands if you try and tell me that shit <laughs> anymore. I don't know. I think Halloween would be a really good anthology show. Yeah, I mean, just because it's... I mean, Channel Zero is almost what we'd kind of want out of that show now. Because it's yeah. every season's a different story. And they're creepy and set in, you know, like, October. And they're very well done. I mean, that's almost the same show as what i would want from like a on Halloween the one TV hand show. i think it's cool that sci-fi renewed that show for like four seasons before the first one is even finished but on the other hand i worry that the effects of no one watching this show they renewed for four seasons will have on like other horror properties from them yeah but it is cool to see that they're doing a child's play one uh but i do want to think about the fact that if child's play does shitty and channel zero does not have like an upturn and the next thing we're talking about does bad uh i can't see this horror division at sci-fi continuing much longer which is kind of like yikes i think but really the only kind of horror-based shows that can that have been doing well well i mean american horror story i guess does well 
Dude. What? Oh, this Nightbreed thing. I thought it was Night Flyers. <laughs> Shit. Oh, let's just talk about this now. So Nightbreed's coming to TV? <laughs> yeah. Nightbreed is being uh, adapted for television. <laughs> Tell me the story, George. Well, the the synopsis of Nightbreed or the fact that there's a TV series coming to to sci-fi. <laughs> Yeah, tell me the entire plot of Nightbreed. <laughs> no, what, what, what's the deal with this TV show? I didn't read the story because I read it as Night Flyers when I was in my car. Yeah, you know, I didn't read the story either. So, so Sci-Fi is making... <laughs> wow, dude. Real prepared. Sci-Fi is developing a TV series based on Clive Barker's Nightbreed. The project is heading our way via... From... <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's written this way. The project is heading our way via from Barker and writer Josh Stolberg, who wrote Jigsaw and Piranha. So, yikes. The adaptation comes to us from Morgan Creek Entertainment, who produced the 1990 movie and Universal Cable Prods. The story has been near to my heart for many years, said Barker. I'm at beyond thrilled that sci-fi and UCP are taking this journey with us, and I cannot wait to see it brought to life on screen. God damn, dude. Get a fucking proofread. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) What the (laughs) fuck? Sorry, guys. This article... Woo! It's a poorly written article. (laughs) Nightbreed looks sick, though. They got this cool guy with the button eyes on the picture. You ever yeah. seen Nightbreed? No, I've never actually seen it. Fake ass fan. Nightbreed's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but this is exciting. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it kind of feeds into the argument we were just having where I don't know if, you know, if this does poorly and Channel Zero doesn't do very well, then it's kind of like, where are we at with these? And, you know, Child's Play show doesn't do well. Where are we at with these kind of full-on horror TV shows? Yeah, Clyde Barker made Candyman, so we're only, like, one degree removed from a Candyman show with the the beef guy from the Arby's commercials. We have the beef. He'd come back. He would come come back. back. Yeah, I'm I'm sure he doesn't have too much going on right now. Making Final Destination 9? No. No. That series has been wrapped up for years. Uh, fun fact, he does cameo in season two of Riverdale as a psychopath Christian guy. Oh, really? Yeah. So that was pretty funny. <laughs> I don't, dude, seriously, they should make a Candyman show. That'd be kind of interesting. Um, but like I was saying, I think that really the only horror shows that can really survive and thrive are like the Fargo's. You know, something where it's part drama and part, like, like there's some, it's not really a horror, but it's, you know, taking elements of suspense and true crime and that kind of idea. And I think yeah. those will always do better than something that's like an adaptation of a horror movie. I agree. But at least sci-fi is fighting the good fight and bringing these shows to, like... Yeah, I mean, you gotta commend them for it. They're And they've really stepped up their game when it comes to quality of their TV shows. Yeah. I mean, they used to be kind of a joke in effects and the CGI budget used to be just so bad that they looked like all like B, you know, B movies. But um, 
they've really put a lot of uh, a lot more money behind them, and they they look good. I think Channel Zero is a great show that more people should really check out. And so, hopefully, with all these shows, people kind of keep tuning in or start to tune in to to save this this idea because it's really interesting, and it'd be cool to see what what more we could get out of it. Yeah, and speaking of shows that people should tune in more for, The Terror got renewed for a second season, and I am way more interested in this season's premise than the first one. So this one takes place during World War II, and the next iteration will be set during World War II and center on an uncanny specter that menaces a Japanese-American community from its home in Southern California to the internment camps to the war in the Pacific. That sounds really cool. Yeah, I like... Um, we were just talking about uh, anthology series, but I think that's interesting that this is a TV show that's anthology based almost, um, you know, where the first season was based on the Arctic. It was almost like a, the thing feel. I gotta watch that show, dude. Um, and then this one is kind of, you know, World War Two and maybe a little bit of not Man in the High Castle, but, uh, that kind of idea where it's. You know, it's based on there's probably a lot of political intrigue and drama based around that with some, you know, some more killing in it and maybe some more violence. So this seems interesting. It's it's cool that, you know, it's an idea that they can easily adapt to different time periods and completely, you know, it can be fresh every time that they bring it back. So uh, it's a cool idea for sure. And uh, I'm excited that it got renewed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I will I'm gonna watch the first season. It seems really fucking cool. So, yeah, really high. Ridley Scott. Yeah, high production values, and it's produced by Ridley Scott, so can't really go wrong with that. AMC's been cranking out the good shows too. Yeah, dude, I saw a trailer for The Terror season one, and my favorite part was like when they're all like standing around the ship, you know, that big pirate ship in the yeah. trailer, and then this dog just appears on the ice, and they're like the fuck is that a dog with a giant nut a sack? giant nut sack dragging <laughs> along the ice <laughs> yeah that was the part where you get to see the monster so i thought that was cool but uh the last thing on the list here it chapter two started filming they ca- got the whole cast together they're filming the movie and that's cool yeah um who was it uh mcavoy tweeted out a picture or not tweeted he posted a picture on his instagram and basically saying that the show had started filming and that was on the june 19th so we're a few days into production now everyone's on set i've been seeing a few more pictures come out Uh, i saw jessica chastain showed off her haircut for how she looks like as adult bev um so we're probably going to be seeing some some looks at the characters at this point i'm excited to see what like bill Hader looks like and yeah yeah he looks uh, sweet yeah so it'll be cool to see what you know, get a little bit deeper look into this, and it'd be kind of cool to see what, like, era motif they're going for, because the first, like, part one was kind of 80s, so if this is supposed this to be... This one's going to be modern, like, 20, like, so 2018 or whatever. Yeah, so it'll be kind of cool to see, you know, how they adapt it, since the original story is going from the 50s to, like, you know... It's, it's like a modernization of the story, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, so that's cool. We'll talk about it more once there's like a trailer and stuff. I keep thinking like that movie's coming out this year in September, but it's a whole year away. So Yeah, um, 
Maybe it'll get canceled by then. You never know. <laughs> I can't get too excited about these things. <laughs> yeah, but the cast is good. Pretty star-studded. And uh, Mancini's back at the helm. Or not Mancini. Mancini? Muschetti. Muschetti. E. Reyes would shoot you if he heard you say that, dude. <laughs> so, I'm excited for that movie. Yeah, I like the first one, so I'm interested to see what comes out about it uh, over the coming weeks, because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of news about it. Cool. So, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back with our review of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> Alright guys, we're back from our quick break here, and this week we're talking about Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I got to see this three weeks ago now, which is a while, but I loved, like, love, love, love this movie. It was directed by J.A. Bayona, it was written by Derek Connolly and Colin Trevorrow, and it stars Chris Pratt as Owen Grady, Bryce Dallas Howard as Claire, uh, Rafe Spall as Eli Mills. <laughs> but this, I was, I was gonna make you read the cast... <laughs> <laughs> guys i put a joke in here for when george read the cast and i totally <laughs> forgot and i almost got myself with it and i i put a role as corn op <laughs> with the character with the actor frankie cobb so that's <laughs> i can't believe this i'm so stupid all right and then uh justice smith plays franklin webb and daniela Pineda plays Zia Rodriguez. So, I already said, I love this movie. I thought it was great. What did you think of it, George? Uh, I liked it. I'm not sure if I'm I'm as high on it as you are, but I liked it. I thought it was good. I thought it was much better than... Where do you the... rank it? I think it's much better than the first Jurassic World. Okay. So, it probably goes... Jurassic Park... Then maybe... Lost World, then this one, then three, then the first world. I, so, before my ranking was one, two, four, three, but now it's one, five, two, four, three. I like this movie, like, I think... Okay. This one is so, this one has way more dinosaurs like actually doing things than the Lost World does, but this one this one kind of feels like a redo of the Lost World, but a lot better. Yeah, me. there's there's definitely a lot of interesting uh, visuals to it. I think cinematography, like cinematography in it is really good. Yeah. Um, the scenes when they're on the the island and when they go back to actually rescue the dinosaurs and you see these huge scenes of where there's literally like. A hundred dinosaurs on screen at once. Yeah, and they all I look mean, great. Scenes like that are really cool, and something where you, you know you're never gonna see something like that, not in a Jurassic, you know, one of the Jurassic franchise movies. And I thought that those were all they looked great. Um, I thought it was <laughs> kind of funny how, uh, like, even the scenes of pure panic when all these dinosaurs are running for their lives are still like trying to fight each other. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're trying to like get their bread, you know? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, I'm getting my own juice. Did, what did you think of the intro? I think it's the best intro of the whole series except for the first one. Uh, you mean with Jess Goldblum, where he's talking about? No, no, no. When they're uh, when the submarine like goes into the abandoned oh, Jurassic I like that world, a lot. Yeah, like, yeah, with yeah. The yeah. T-Rex and everything. Yeah, that was thought... just such a good way to start the movie. Yeah, that was really reminiscent of what is that like end of Act Two, where Newman in uh, Jurassic Park is trying yeah, to get yeah, off totally. the island, and it's all raining, and he's trying to escape, and he's got all this, you know, and uh, he can't really get out because it's raining and it's the conditions are terrible. There's, you know, dinosaurs are after him. And this felt similar to that in the same way where, you know, it's pouring rain. We got the submarine. They're getting a piece of the old uh, dinosaur. And yeah, so you know what's weird yeah. that I thought about while I was playing Jurassic World Evolution? That whole sequence didn't need to happen as perfect as it is. Henry Wu, when he's, like, leaving the island in Jurassic World... He has the Indominus Rex DNA in a briefcase already. And, like, the whole point of going back was to get a what, piece of the Indominus. Yeah. Isn't that kind of weird that they let that slip? Yeah, it's kind of a strange continuity error. <laughs> um, I, I, really... I, like, I realized that. I just, like, put two and two together, and I was like, what? Like, what? I didn't really <laughs> pick up on that. Like, I didn't think about really i didn't like rewatch the first jurassic world uh before i saw this and i haven't seen that movie in a while so i didn't think of that but it's kind of strange that they let that big of a continuity or slip yeah but and i guess but, it's, it's just to set up that opening scene which was so it's just so well directed uh, uh, yeah, i think this movie is just so like so the script i think is marginally better than the first movie's script i think claire and owen are written just as poorly but J.A. Bayona is just such a good director that he lets them kind of like be themselves and bring themselves into the role and improvise a little bit and have fun with it that they end up feeling like more real characters than they did in the first movie. Like, I don't necessarily think they're written better. I think they're just like acted better and they were directed better. Yeah, I I agree with that. I liked uh, the banter between both of them a lot more in this Uh movie. I thought it was kind of flowed more naturally. Right, you, know, we, you can tell like this... they actually like each other. Like there's real chemistry there. Yeah, you know, like even from the scene where uh, Bryce Dallas Howard drives up and um, Chris Pratt's building like the cabin in the woods where he's yeah, just trying yeah. to go off completely off the grid, and they sort of have some chat and they go and they hang out at a bar. And I thought all that was kind of it, it all felt, you know, not necessarily the dialogue was perfect or anything. I mean, it was, it was fine, but I just think that they, they did have a lot of chemistry, like you said, and it, it flowed a lot more naturally than the dialogue in the first one. Yeah, and uh, I just, I think that the dinosaurs are amazing in this. How many animatronic ones there were was so cool. And the Indominus, or Indoraptor, was very scary, in my opinion. Yeah, like, I, I don't love the name, like, the Indoraptor. Awesome. Yeah, like, but... they wouldn't call it that. <laughs> yeah, but I thought that the character of the Indoraptor was awesome. I really liked the Indoraptor. Yeah, and uh, so the trailers kind of misled in a good way, where they made you think, like, Blue was going to kind of be a Pokemon in this movie, you know? Like, he was going to team up with Owen and be his, like, Pokemon that he could sick on people, and there's going to be... So I like the motorcycle scene in the first movie, but I would have really been turned off if that happened in this movie. That doesn't happen. They just splice two scenes together for the movie to make it look that way like blue is helpful i would say but she's not like a pet you know yeah i think she's uh at least somewhat loyal to 
people that she feels have helped her out or yeah she's obviously loyal to chris pratt because you know he knows how to handle her because he's handled her since she was a baby so yeah i like how they worked her into the plot where the reason that blue is so important is because she's a raptor with empathy and like all the other ones are just like i'm gonna eat you right and they're like we need they like you said that that was a smart way to work her in where it was she was so valuable because the way that she had been you know the way that she was like bred allowed her dna to have that kind of extra piece to it that if they just made a bunch of endoraptors that were pure killing machines then that'd be a stupid idea because they would just kill everyone right and i also like that so basically people were bitching and moaning that there's a blood transfusion in this movie where uh they need blood from a t-rex and they put it into a different dinosaur i don't want to spoil it because it's like part of the plot mm-hmm. but people were saying that like that wouldn't happen like how would you know how to do that blah 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 that that's like a real veterinary thing like there are carnivores or like lizards and shit that you can just transfer their blood the right way if they have the same blood type so you can yeah. actually do that in real life like with reptiles like if a reptile has the like type a or whatever mm-hmm. and another one does even though they're different species of reptile their their blood can be transfused and right. I just thought it was really cool that the consideration went in to make them more animals than monsters. Yeah, and I think but, that makes... I, I didn't really think, like, oh, that's an inconsistent or anything while I was watching it. Because it makes sense. It, like, made sense to me that one carnivore's blood would be similar to another carnivore's blood. Especially if they were both uh, animals right that type. were genetically created in a lab you know, yeah. by humans. That I don't know if there would be a huge variance if there's something, you know, if there's something that was, like, literally created by man. Yeah, so one character that I thought was, like, cringy as hell was the Roland 2.0 from Lost <laughs> World. You know, the, like, game warden guy? Yep. That guy was just so badly written, but also really badly acted. <laughs> I just uh, hated that. That whole arc was stupid. Uh, yeah, his weird... His character just sucked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was, he was pretty bad. Um, <laughs> like you said, his dialogue was just kind of like cheesy to a point where yeah totally he just seemed like too evil and yeah that's that's it he seemed too evil i i <laughs> liked uh i liked how what happens to him i like that scene yeah that that's a great scene <laughs> that was him. awesome yeah um i also thought that the uh the eli mills character was kind of really predictable i didn't even realize until after i saw the movie that that was, like was the guy from the ritual yeah, is yeah, it, I didn't that think that either. About? <laughs> yeah, 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 that guy. Yeah, the, that like, guy with his American accent. That was like really funny. I was like, <laughs> shit, he's good. At, he acts the part really well. I just think the character is a little too evil. Well, I just think that from the jump, you know that his intentions aren't pure. You know yeah, that totally. like, he's not going to be genuine with what he says. Like as soon right, as it's like you know this is the bad guy. Right, and so that's like pretty predictable and. I didn't really think that that was, you know, it was like a huge plot to us. I wasn't like, oh, oh no, he's the bad guy. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, yeah, it was like you're trying to figure out how he's going to be the bad guy rather right, than like right. who is the bad guy. Yeah. Uh, um, I thought that the two, um, the dinosaur vet and the tech guy were both pretty forgettable to the point where 
I don't think they're in the second act of the movie at all. I really liked them in the first act. I thought they played well off of each other, and their humor was great and everything, and they acted well. And I was, like, kind of bummed that they weren't in the second half as much. I noticed that they were gone. I was like, shit, like, where are these characters? Seriously, like, why'd you... say, the they same were thing happened to me. good, right? There, there was a point in the movie where I just went, are they not going to bring those characters back? Because it's been a long time since we've seen them do <laughs> like, anything. What are they doing? Those characters, <laughs> and they're great, right? Like, I thought they were really good in the beginning of the movie. Like, Danielle Pineda's actress, or acting, is really good. She's great. I liked her character. I didn't like the tech guy's character. I thought that his jokes were pretty cringy where he's like the nerd that is scared of everything and screams all the time i thought that was like not yeah i don't normally like that character but i was <laughs> fine with it this time i don't know maybe it was just the way he acted it like he sold it to me i guess i liked when they were on the island and stuff and i, I thought that scene with the lava where chris pratt's tranquilized was like <laughs> that was kind of funny I, yeah. I laughed out loud at that uh but yeah i don't know i just i don't really see like where else the franchise could go or for people who are upset about this movie it's, it's people really want to spin this as like a failure of a movie but it's already made 700 million dollars so it's like it's kind of a massive success so i don't know i just think it's a really cool direction to take the series and it's totally different than anywhere it's ever gone and the what it sets up for the third movie like holy shit yeah that movie's that's be really nuts. cool <laughs> yeah if they i mean that's such an open canvas there's so many interesting ways you can take yeah that ending to set up what happens from here um and that's something i'm really looking forward to i don't really see the criticism that like this is what like it's not a worthy successor to jurassic world which is not i mean jurassic world's fine it's like okay it's pretty good i wouldn't say that it's like something where you know like oh there's no way the sequel will ever be better than this like, I thought this was, yeah. like, way better than Jurassic World, and I don't think that it's... <laughs> I think it... I, I like... Yeah, I like it better than Jurassic World, just because the actual filmmaking was so much better. Yeah, and there's... Uh, there's some really interesting scenes in the third act involving, like, you know, dark, like, old-school gothic architecture and rooftops with the night and the moon, and they're all lit by moonlight Oh, yeah, the and Lockwood Manor was so Yeah, cool. the Lockwood Manor looked great. It was a great location... There was a lot of cool uh, visual effects going on there. Um, I don't really want to spoil too much what happens in that third act, but I thought that it was, you know, pretty riveting. It, it had some good horror elements to it that um, kind of are reminiscent of some scenes in the original and were well executed, I thought. And I appreciated yeah. that. I thought that that was a really cool um kind of way to take it to go back to the kind of scarier make dinosaurs scary again which i thought was was the right way to take it yeah so i don't know i think it's a really cool movie i think it's definitely worth seeing it's it's like i was worried about this being a summer blockbuster you know and getting another bad one of those but i feel like this is just a great movie to go see in the theaters if you could see it in imax or like a big screen with awesome audio uh i would definitely do it because it's it's pretty cool like it's a pretty cool looking movie yeah i mean it's a and spectacle it, for sure it's yeah if you can see it on the biggest screen you know if you have one of those movie theaters where it just has like a massive massive screen i would say see it on the biggest screen you possibly can right i i mean i agree with that for sure so i'd give it like a four out of five yeah for, i'd give it like a three or a 3.5 it's like a like a 
film, like a three. But like as a Jurassic Park fun action summer movie, I give it a four. I had yeah, a lot of fun watching I, it. I mean, I think it's totally fun. It's really entertaining. And I mean, it's better than the movie that was before it. So uh, dinosaurs all looked good. I thought the plot, although predictable, was pretty serviceable. I thought that it was paced pretty well other than those two characters not being around in the second act. And I thought the ending was unexpected and really interesting. So I liked it overall. Go see it. Yeah, I'd recommend seeing it for sure. Cool, guys. Well, that's going to be the end of our episode 34, Fear Frequency. Uh, I hope you guys liked it. I'm having a lot of fun with this show. I want to take it in interesting directions. But we're going to have to think of some new movies because, uh, like, between... Now in September, the only three big horror movies are Unfriended Dark Web, The Nun, and uh, The Purge. So we're going to have to get creative. If there's anything you want us to review, let us know on Twitter. I'm at Jimmy Champagne, and George is at George Frizzard. Uh I think we can come up with some fun stuff, though. We should definitely do The Black Coat's Daughter soon. Yeah, um, I'd be happy to revisit that. If we're really in a dry spell, I think it might be kind of interesting to do um, maybe run through a couple A24 movies. Yeah. Just do, you know, one after another, Witch, Black Coat's Daughter, Monster, maybe just run through a couple of those and just... <laughs> You're not getting off that easy without It Comes at Night. Bro. <laughs> I'm going to uh, make you watch it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And it you're going to like it. Oh, yeah, It Follows, which is not an A24 movie. Know your shit. There's an A24 before the... It's produced by them, at least. No. It has to be. No. Is it? <laughs> Come on. No. Please. It's not. Please. It's from 2014, dog. It's not. I promise. Oh, fine. Who? Now I want to know. <laughs> I'm looking at it up. It doesn't say. Production company. Northern Lights Films. No, I'm done. Two Flints, Animal Kingdom. All right, what I I'm don't wrong. see there? A24. I don't see A24 there. <laughs> I thought it was. Bitch. It's because they're doing um it's because they're doing Under the Silver Lake. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that follows director's <laughs> next movie. But so we can do that either way. Yeah, it'd be fun to run through a couple of those. God I forbid I have to watch one of my favorite horror movies. Yeah. <laughs> uh we could probably do that like closer to the release of um under the silver lake just to kind of get that motif with the same director but uh yeah so we'll probably have to get a little bit creative like you said in the upcoming weeks since it's gonna be a bit of a dry spell coming up yeah so all right bring us home bruh all right uh as always come back next week for more news and reviews and you never know who might be listening